Good morning. Good morning. Welcome to Church of the Palms. My name is Jacqueline Middleton, and I serve as an elder in our congregation. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us bow our heads as we prepare for worship. God of grace, you have given us minds to know you, hearts to love you, and voices to sing your praise. Fill us with your spirit that we may celebrate your glory and worship you in spirit and in truth. Almighty God, you built your church upon the foundation of the apostles and the prophets with Jesus Christ himself as the cornerstone. Join us together by their teaching so that we may be a holy temple in whom your spirit dwells through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Now, as we worship together, may our hearts receive his Holy Spirit, our ears listen to his word, and our voices be raised in praise to the glory of God.
Please stand for a call to worship. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, and for his steadfast love endures forever. Let us come to worship God. The God revealed to us in the pages of scripture is a welcoming and an inclusive God who directs us to love one another. We seek and let us seek to remove all the barriers that keep us from that love. So come now to confess all that separates you from others and from your God. Eternal God, in whom we live and move and have our being, <clears throat> whose face is hidden by our sins and whose mercy was forget in the blindness of our hearts. Cleanse us from all our offenses and deliver us from the thoughts and vain desires that with reverent and humble hearts we may draw near to you 
confessing our faults, confiding in your grace, and finding in you our refuge and strength through Jesus Christ, Son. Amen. Because Jesus lived and died and rose again for us, we know that nothing can separate us from God's love. That is why in the confidence that we are all given by this, I can confidently declare that in Jesus Christ, we are forgiven of our sins. So friends, believe the good news of the gospel. In Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. Glory be to the Once again, declare that great affirmation of faith in the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell, the third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and is set at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Let us take a moment to greet one another. Good morning. Welcome to this house of God for worship here and on the television. It's great to worship God this morning. 
And there are um, friendship registration pads on ends of pews. If you don't mind, please sign in so we can greet one another by name. And also, this is your lucky day. We only have 11 announcements. <laughs> Actually, not really. Well, the greatest news today is Lori Haas, our uh, executive director of ministries, have brought back all the mission group, all 17 of them from Nicaragua. They got in last night and they're here worshiping. So that's good news. And also Presbyterian women, I am the biggest fan of them because I don't even know how young I was when my mother first took me to the meetings, might be still um, an infant. So Presbyterian women will have a great event, which is called, I'll try to pronounce it, one of the Tuskegee Airmen is coming. And then he will be here on Friday, August, Friday, August 19th. And they are inviting you gentlemen as well. So let us come and enjoy that. Now, are there any other joys or concerns? If not, let us continue to worship God with offering him with our offerings and tithings and prayers.
Lord, we ask you to accept our praises, not as we ought, but as we are able. We thank you for the opportunity to give, and we ask that our giving will stir within each of our hearts a new passion for your kingdom and your church and our Lord. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You may be seated. And uh, <clears throat> Lori's going to come forward and uh, visit with our children. Come on forward. Uh, she just returned from uh, Nicaragua. And the only question is, are you going <clears throat> to deliver this in uh, English or Spanish? Um, my Spanish is limited to about three key words. Baño being one of them. So um, this will be in English, actually. So great to see you. So I have to tell you, that in this mission trip, there were 14 teenagers and three adults who went all the way to Nicaragua. And it was such a great mission trip. And I wanted to know, do you guys have any idea what you do on a mission trip? Anything at all? What do you think? One thing. You absolutely help other people. Yeah, and in the way we helped people on this mission trip, we built walls. We were trying to work on this room, so we were shoveling dirt and making concrete and moving rocks. But we did a lot of other things on this mission trip. I'm going to tell you a couple of them. We sang. We danced. We prayed. We played volleyball. We played cards. We laughed a lot. We even went ziplining one day, actually, at the end. It was like this great experience. But every night we would get together for this mega club, and the leader um, of Young Life for, I think, Central America and Nicaragua, he got up and he gave us a little talk. And this talk every night was about what we can learn from Nicaragua. And one of the movements was to move from fear to love. Think, hmm. So in 1 John 18, it says that there is no fear in love, that perfect love casts out fear. So we're going on this mission trip. There were three things that we were really afraid of. The first thing was our homestay. Basically, you go with two people, one a buddy, and you spend the night with someone else from the Young Life staff. You already heard. You know what language they speak in Nicaragua? Do you know? Spanish. Do you know how many words I know in Spanish? Maddie, do you know how many words I know in Spanish? Hmm. All of them? Oh, no. Then I wouldn't be so afraid. I know I think I can count to ten and I can name about four colors. It's terrible. So you go to these, these homes and you don't know the language. But the love that they showed us, you know how they did that? They gave us their best bed to sleep in. They made us a wonderful meal. They played Uno with us, because we can all do the color thing. They had joy and laughter, and they gave us the best that we had, and that helped us not be afraid, that kind of love. A second thing that we were really super afraid of were the showers. So the rest of the time, we stay up in the mountains, up north of Matagalpa, and if you would like to put your hand in this icy water, you will get a feel for the temperature of the showers that we had to take if we wanted to shower at all. And I'm telling you, after you have dug in the dirt and moved big rocks and you've been sweaty, you really wanted to shower. Even the teenagers wanted to shower. Pretty cold, right? Cold, right? So you want to try to see how long you keep your hand in it? All right, good luck with that. Here, you guys, right between you. 
See if you can do it. No expressions the whole time. All right, good luck. So, I gotta tell you about the love that drove out the fear of those showers. Mostly it was the girls. They would get into that shower area. They sang to the top of their lungs as many songs as they knew. They laughed and they cheered each other on and it was that kind of love that helped them endure that shower that they were so afraid of. The last thing that we were afraid of when we went to Nicaragua, see, I know, right? That's what I'm talking about. The last thing that we were so afraid of was getting sick. Because you know, you can't drink all of the water that's in Nicaragua because it has something in it that we're not used to. Well, guess what? Avery was the first one to go down. She got sick. But the love that we gave to her, you know what we did? We left our favorite snacks while she was sleeping. We left her some Pepto-Bismol. We left her a phone that actually works in Nicaragua so she could reach us. We left her a note all of these things that gave her love to help her overcome that fear. So that's the big lesson that I learned in Nicaragua, that God fills us up with so much love that we can help drive out the fear in each other. Will you pray with me? Gracious God, we thank you. We thank you for a love that works not only in Nicaragua, but it works right here in America. Fill us up, Lord, so that we can help others feel your love to drive out the fear. Amen.
Psalm 50, we are still enjoying our summer in the Psalms. Let us hear what Psalm 50 has to say to us. The mighty one, God the Lord, speaks and summons the earth from the rising of the sun to its setting. Out of Zion, the perfection of beauty, God shines forth. Our God comes and does not keep silence. Before him is a devouring fire and a mighty tempest all around him. He calls to the heavens above and to the earth that he may judge his people. Gather to me my faithful ones who made a covenant with me by sacrifice. The heavens declare his righteousness for God himself is judge. Hear, O my people, and I will speak, O Israel. I will testify against you. I am God, your God. Not for your sacrifices do I rebuke you. Your burnt offerings are continually before me. I will not accept a bull from your house or goat from your foals. For every wild animal of the forest is mine, the cattle on a thousand hills. I know all the birds of the air, all, the, all that moves in the field is mine. If I were hungry, I would not tell you, for the world and all that is in it is mine. Do I eat the flesh of the bulls or drink the blood of goats? Offer to God a sacrifice of thanksgiving and pay your vows to the Most High. Call on me in the day of trouble. I will deliver you and you shall glorify me. But to the wicked God says, what right have you to recite my statues or take my covenant on your lips? For you hate discipline and you cast my words behind you. You make friends with a thief when you see one and you keep company with adulterers. You give your mouth free rein for evil and your tongue frames deceit. You sit and speak against your kin. You slander your own mother's child. These things you have done and I have been silent. You thought that I was just like yourself. But now I rebuke you and lay the charge before you. Mark this, then you who forget God or I will tear you apart and there will be no one to deliver. Those who bring thanksgiving as their sacrifice honor me. To those who go the right way, I will show the salvation of God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. <coughs> Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Some years ago, Jennifer came to me unsure of what to do about her young son. She said her son Jimmy had resisted potty training. He told her that he was afraid he might have an accident and other children might laugh at him. Besides, he also said to his mother, I, I, God spoke to me in the bathroom and he said, it was all right, Jimmy, to keep wearing diaper. So <clears throat> Jennifer came to me and said, what do I do? I said, bring him to Sunday school from the nursery and let's see. So she did bring him to Sunday school and he loved it. 
So he told his mother every Sunday on the way home, Mommy, I wish Sunday school was a lot longer and I get to go every day. So Jennifer told him that Sunday school, a preschool, was a lot like Sunday school. After all, it is the church's preschool, and it is a lot longer, and it is every day from Monday to Friday. And unless he is potty trained, he's not going to be allowed to go to preschool in the fall. So at some point in the summer, Jennifer came back to me and said, um, Jimmy hasn't worn diaper for three days, and he's fine. So she asked him, well, what changed your mind? So he said, Mommy, God said to me in the bathroom, Jimmy, it's okay not to wear diaper. <laughs> so he said, I decided to use the bathroom and I'm fine. So Jennifer was concerned again and she said, I don't know to believe him or not that God talked to him in the bathroom now twice. So I said, you and his dad teach him every day to pray to God at mealtime and at bedtime. I don't know if God really talked to him or not, but why not in the bathroom? I said, if I were you, I would believe him and thank God for letting this little boy hear what he really needed to hear. Now, let's spin ourselves backward in time about 2,600 years to the early kingdom of Israel. David is a wonderful character in the story of the people of Israel. Throughout his life, he faces trouble. Sometimes his very life is put on the line, but from the very first time we hear of him, he is chosen by God to become the king of Israel and he was anointed by the prophet Samuel. We know from the beginning, David, David lives within God's gift of grace. A great crisis come to his life when the king became somewhat crazy and started becoming uh, distrusting of David and wanted David killed. Without food or weapon or companion, David flees from King Saul. He finds his way to the temple at Nob. He requests Ahimelech, the priest, to give him the bread. The priest faces a quandary. The bread he has has been offered on the altar. What is the proper use of the sacrifice to God? In the end, the priest gives David the bread to eat, and he gives him Goliath the sword so that David would have a, de a weapon. Psalm 50 that I had read to us is a very unusual psalm. There is not another psalm quite like it. It is attributed to David's chief musician, Asaph, who is also a prophet. Or perhaps David wrote Psalm 50 and sent it to Asaph to performance, or for performance. In any case, the subject matter is about what is right, a right sacrifice in worship to our God. The psalm rejects most sacrifices as unacceptable. This, is, this in itself is unique in the psalms and strange. This psalm was to be used in the temple, the very place where the focus of worship was on making sacrifices. This psalm is also unusual for it tells us a story presented as a courtroom drama. 
That story is about what it means when God speaks. The story begins focused on God, who is the main character of the courtroom drama. To stress that God is named three times, the Mighty One, God, Lord. God speaks and summons the whole earth to come to him. This is the ultimate call to the principal's office. In front of God, there is a devouring fire and a mighty storm is all around him. When God speaks, God calls the faithful ones who had made covenant with him. God tells them that they are to be judged because they have misunderstood what sacrifice and worship is about. This psalm tells us people that sacrifice and worship is about life, not death. It is a dialogue between God and God's people, not a manipulation. It is about preserving and advancing life for those God loves. By the grace of God, we who live today, or today's Christians, are included in it. The psalm teaches us that our gifts to God and our worship are about living in the covenant with God. The truth is that God, to whom everything in the world belongs, does not need our sacrificial gifts, nor does God need to eat the sacrificial bread in the temple at Nob. David needs the bread for life, and the priest and the servant of the Lord feeds it to David. God's grace to David has been with him from the beginning, and it continues with him at the very critical moment of his life. The psalm is presented as a courtroom trial. In that trial, God has all the important roles, prosecutor, judge, chief witness, and bailiff. Throughout the trial, God speaks to us, to his people who are on trial. Listen to what God says when God speaks. When God speaks, he begins by reminding us that our lives begin in his grace. Just as the people of Israel were brought into God's covenant with Abraham, so we are brought in by grace of our salvation in Jesus Christ. We too are children of the covenant. Unfortunately, we also worship in ways that sometimes fail to honor God and to be a sacrifice of thanksgiving to him. When God speaks, God lays out the charges against us we hate discipline, we make friends with evil people, we let our mouths run wild and slander our own mother's child. But always in God's mercy, this is not the end of our story. When God speaks, he declares that he will not put up with our forgetting that he is God. We are but God's own people. If we forget that God alone is God, there will be no rescue for us, the psalm tells us. When God speaks, the message is, pay attention, do not forget me. When God speaks, we remember that God is completely beyond and different and more powerful than the most powerful of any of us. When God speaks, we remember the grace of our covenant relationship with God in that covenant, God is God, we are God's people. 
God provides for our needs, we do not provide for God. It is God who is host at this table we call the communion table, and we are God's invited guests. God does any judging that needs to be done. We do not judge, we do not get to judge either God or one another. When God speaks, we must listen to the very end because at the end, God gives us grace once again. He sets aside the judgment we deserve and God gives us salvation instead. This table we call the Lord's table or the communion table is the proof and the symbol of God's forgiveness, love, and our salvation. When God speaks, it is not in order to condemn us, but in order that the word spoken might be our salvation. As the, the gospel according to John chapter 3, verse 17 says, God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. And as 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 9 says, for God has destined us not for wrath, but for obtaining salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. When God speaks, God calls us to live with thanksgiving. God says, bring thanksgiving as your sacrifice to honor me, and I will show you salvation. We have hope, we have salvation, we have promise, we have the love of God. This takes us to the passage from Hebrews chapter 11. It is a passage I love very much because it talks about people who live by faith. There is hope then that the escape from judgment can be for our whole lives. It is possible for us real and fallible people to live within the covenant. And we do, we do so by faith. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. We are given a whole list of people in Hebrew chapter 11 who give thanks for God and God's promises in their lives. It begins by faith Abel, by faith Enoch, by faith Noah, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, Moses, Rahab, Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, Samuel, and the prophets. Because of their faith and gratitude for their relationship in covenant with God, they conquered kingdoms, administered justice, obtained promises, shut the mouths of lions, quenched raging fire, escaped the edge of the sword, won strength out of weakness, they were mighty in war, and put foreign enemies to fright. The point is that we, by faith, are called to live our lives that are grounded in gratitude to God, gratitude for the covenant through which God loves and claims us. This is not some relationship we are doomed to fail. Though we are intensely human, the God of all power and might is the God of love who is on our side at all times. Not only can we live this life by faith, but we can by grace of God do great things, holy things, loving things. We can love God and we can love our neighbors. We can build safe and usable facilities for the use of ministry and mission. 
we can nurture children in all of us in joyful faith, extravagant generosity, helping neighbors in need, welcoming all, inclusive hospitality, and reaching out in Jesus' name in sacrificial mission. Friends, when God speaks, we receive grace. And when we respond with gratitude, we, by faith, receive our salvation and flourish as the grateful children of God. Thanks be to God. Amen.
Friend, this is the Lord's table. Our Lord invite us to be the guest of honor and come to feast with him. We come from where we are, regardless of our backgrounds, in all sorts of languages and places in the world as the guest to our Lord. In the night of his arrest, our Lord Jesus took bread. After giving thanks to God, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, This is my body broken for you. Take, eat in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he also took the bread, took the cup, saying, This cup is a new covenant sealed in my blood, shed for you for the forgiveness of sin. Whenever you drink this, do this in remembrance of me. So whenever we eat this bread and we drink of this cup, we proclaim the death of our risen Lord until he comes and he will come again. Let us pray. Holy God, we come to offer our sacrifice of thanks in worship of you. Today we are very grateful to be able to share this bread and this cup, remembering our salvation and your love, grace, and forgiveness and acceptance. We remember as we come with hearts of gratitude and thanksgiving, those who are sick and those who are mourning, and those soldiers far away fighting for our peace and freedom, and missionaries who serve you in all places. We also remember those who are getting ready to come home to you, and we lift up all who need your help and special grace and healing this day. And you pr we pray that you will help us to learn how much you love us every day of our lives and teach us to know how to love you back. We offer our prayers spoken and unspoken in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ who taught us to pray together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And our Lord Jesus took bread.
<clears throat> Let us pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for everything you have bestowed upon us. You have sacrificed your life to save us from our sins. You have generously shared with us your life when you could have chosen not to. We promise that we will be better persons for you and for others. In your name we pray, amen. Now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with each and every one of you now and always. Amen. Amen.